Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. of the shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcefully to old and young alike that crime does not pay. The lucky householders whose homes are heated with coal are enjoying healthful warmth in every room of their home. Even though the bitter winds blow, there is no need to cut down heat or close off rooms in homes heated with dependable hard coal. Yes, sir, when you have a supply of hard coal in your basement, you're the boss of heating your house. You are absolutely independent of any outside service. Be glad you heat with anthracite, the home heating fuel that never fails. And remember, blue coal is the finest anthracite money can buy. The Shadow who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret, the hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, The Chill of Death. Dedication for you, Mrs. Bailey. So it is, Dr. White. 
Mr. Bailey and I were so fond of dear Hilda. I think it's very kind of you to give the girl such a lovely funeral. Well, she had no family of her own. It's the least, Mr. Bailey said to me, it's the least she can do. Of course. Too bad. But pneumonia is no respecter of persons nor affection. Still, it's rather strange. What is strange, Dr. White? Well, those bruises on her hands. Bruises on her hands? Yes, just as though she'd beaten against the wall with them. Oh, oh, that. We'd some repairs to do in the kitchen. Mr. Bailey wanted to call a man in, but still insisted on doing it herself. She was so good to us. Poor girl actually left us some insurance. Oh? Yes. Only a few thousand, but it's the spirit that matters, isn't it? Mr. Bailey? Ah, Mr. Wilson. Cars are ready. You can start at any time now. Thank you, Wilson. You've been a very great help. Mrs. Bailey? Yes. We may as well start now. You know, we shall have to find another house now, Mr. Wilson. Our home is so filled with memories of poor dear Hilda. Another house. Perhaps even in another town. insurance man. He's pretty important, too, I understand. Asked me to stop in and see him. Sounded urgent and worried. Maybe somebody forgot to pay his premium. <laughs> now, here we are. Come in. Oh, Lamont, I, I'm glad to see you. How are you, sir? Margaret, this is Mr. Hicks. How do you How do, do, Mr. Hicks? You sound and look as if you had something on your mind. I have. Miss Lane, Lamont, I'm vice president of the insurance league for this part of the country. Yeah. All policies are cleared through this office. Life insurance policies. Oh, I can't ask you to help me in my legal capacity, Lamont. Only as an old friend. I see. Well, what in particular is bothering you, Tom? A sweet old couple named Bailey. Yes. Over a period of a few years, they've been having maid trouble. The girls are dying. How? Pneumonia. That isn't something that should be faked. No, there's no doubt at all. The girls all did die of pneumonia. There's also no doubt that all of them were insured in the Bailey's favor. I'm beginning to see what you mean. This policy didn't amount to very much. It's two thousand dollars only. But together, I see. Uh, the girls were all insured with different companies and in different towns. Yes, this uh, this thing has possibilities. Will you help me get to the bottom of it, Lamont? I'd be glad to. I think the immediate question is, where are the Baileys now? <laughs> come to you, Dr. White, to see if you could give us any information about the death of Mr. and Mrs. Bailey's maid, Hilda Swanstorm. She died of pneumonia, Mr. Cranston, I can tell you that. You're certain? Well, it's not an illness a general practitioner is likely to miss, Mr. Cranston. We just want to be very certain of the facts, Dr. White. Well, the facts are that the girl contracted pneumonia somehow, Miss Lane, that I was called in when she was already delirious, and that her case was hopeless. Was there anything at all odd about the circumstances or the corpse, Dr. White? Nothing, except that her hands were bruised, but the Baileys told me that she'd been making some repairs in the house. Bruised hands? Tell me, have the Baileys lived here for any length of time? It's some months. No. No, they've moved, left town. The tragedy apparently left a very deep impression on Mrs. Bailey. Possibly. Uh, 
Dr. White, was there anyone in town they were especially friendly with? Wilkins, perhaps. It's James Wilkins, undertaker. Excuse me, mortician. Not that they were really friendly with him, but when the tragedy occurred, he was very helpful. Mr. Cranston, you're discussing this this thing almost as though it were, well, a, a crime of some kind or other. Yes. Perhaps it is. Not a crime of some kind or other, but very possibly the crime of murder. I hope Miss Lane and I are not keeping you from your affairs. Oh, my business is not one of great haste, Mr. Cranston. I suppose not. Uh, Mr. Wilkins, we're very much interested in the Baileys. The Baileys? Hmm. Poor souls. Yes, it was a pity about their maid, Hilda. Yes, they felt her death as though she'd been their daughter. It was very touching. I'm sure it was. Especially since it wasn't the first time a tragedy of that sort had happened to them. You knew that, of course. Yes, I... I mean, uh, really... Really? Well, some people are unlucky, I suppose. You mean the Baileys? Yes. Oh, I uh, was thinking of their maids. Mr. Wilkins, where are the Baileys now? I'm sorry, but I don't know. No, I don't know. Oh, it's later than I thought. Uh, you'll excuse me. I have an appointment. Of course. Hello, Margaret. Goodbye, Mr. Wilkins. And uh, thank you very much for your help. File ought to tell me. Thatcher, Bader, Baggers. Ah, Bailey. Bailey, 458 Carlton Drive, Taylorville. Hmm, pleasant little town. Taylorville. I rather think I'd better pay the Baileys a visit. What brings you here to Taylorville? Just a visit, a purely a social visit, Mr. Bailey. I see. Come in. Thank you. You call at a late hour, Mr. Wilkins. My wife and I had already retired. Either you didn't let your maid answer the doorbell, or uh, don't you have a maid? We have not as yet hired one. But surely you didn't come all the way here to Taylorville to discuss maids. The gentleman came to my place earlier today, merely to discuss me. Yes? Especially Hilda, your last maid. Who was he? Mr. Cranston. Never heard of the man. Apparently, he heard of you. However, I didn't furnish him with the address. How did you happen to know it? I've been uh, interested, shall we say, ever since I discovered that Hilda was not the only one of your maids who died of pneumonia. Ooh, a series of unhappy coincidences. Mr. Bailey, I'm no longer a young man. I find my duties arduous. I've been thinking of uh, retiring. I can't afford to retire. That's a pity. But then we must cut our cloth to fit our pattern, mustn't we? Oh, yes, yes. But I've been thinking of a new pattern, Mr. Bailey, one involving a series of unhappy girls who all died of pneumonia shortly after being employed by dear old Mr. and Mrs. Bailey. A pattern the police might find significant. Police? Hmm. Mr. Wilkins, your requirements 
for retiring are... $5,000. Tidy sum. A modest sum. I shall have to consider. I am most anxious, Mr. Bailey, to retire at once. I'm afraid you have no time for consideration. I see. Well, in that case, I suppose I shall have to comply with your request. Hmm. You are a philosopher, Mr. Bailey. Am I? You flatter me. Ah, here we are. Nice in the bed. I think I... Mr. Bailey, in your hand. A knife, Mr. Wilkins. But you can't, Mr. Wilkins. You are a blackmailer. A blackmailer is never satisfied with the initial payment. He returns always for more and more. <coughs> I couldn't put up with that. Let go of me. The hour is late. You will not be heard. No, you, sir, help. are a blackmailer, and help. I am a murderer. You have practiced your calling tonight, and now I shall practice mine. Oh. We'll return to the shadow in just a moment. Friends, a few minutes ago, I pointed out that anthracite coal is far and away the most dependable fuel for home heating. Now, here's something else. Coal can be just about as convenient to burn as any other fuel. With a blue coal temp master on your furnace, there is no necessity of running up and down cellar stairs to adjust furnace dampers. The temp master adjusts them for you automatically opening and closing them as needed to keep your home constantly at the healthful temperature you set on the upstairs dial. If you haven't a temp master, by all means get one. You'll find that you can have carefree heating comfort and at the same time be absolutely independent of any outside service. You'll be glad you heat with dependable hard coal when you discover how little attention your furnace requires after a temp master automatic heat regulator has been installed. You'll be delighted, too, to discover that your temp master will save a lot of coal. The new blue coal temp master can be installed on any furnace without interrupting the heat in your home. Call the nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow. He'll be glad to demonstrate the temp master to you in your own home. Now, back to the shadow. Lamont and Margot, in an attempt to solve the mystery of an insurance racket perpetrated by a seemingly kindly couple named Bailey, have traveled to Taylorville, a small upstate town. Lamont? Hmm? We're not married. No? Yeah, that's right. So, you shouldn't be reading the morning paper while we're eating. I'm sorry, darling. Well, you could be a lot more convincing. At breakfast? After spending most of the night on a train? Well, there are a couple of things in the Taylorville paper of interest, Margot. Oh, like what? The report of a man found with his throat cut on the outskirts of town late last night. Oh, who was he? I don't know. According to the paper, there was no identification on the body. I think we'll go pay a visit to the morgue. Lovely idea for an after-breakfast jaunt. What was the other item? Oh, that popped up in the classified ad. It appears that our friends, the Baileys, are advertising for a new maid. Lamont, I'm freezing. Morgues are funny that way. Who do you think the murdered man is? There you are. I'm out in a moment. Lamont. 
Thanks a lot, but it's uh, not the man I'm looking for. Okay. But it was Wilkins. Yes. I think the authorities didn't know about it just yet. The bailiff had anything to do with his death. Couldn't be a coincidence. I shouldn't think so. I want them to think their little secret hasn't been discovered as yet. Otherwise, they'd be more on guard. Here we are. Poor man, Wilson. Probably a blackmailer. Why? He wouldn't tell us where the Baileys had gone, yet he himself obviously knew. Mont, I have an idea. Hmm? If we go to them directly, they'll deny everything. There isn't any proof against them. Apparently not. They've been very cautious. But they wouldn't be cautious with a... You may. Margaret Lena? Yes, Mr. Bailey. Hmm. You appear to be a pleasant girl. Have you had much experience? Not very much, sir, but I'm strong and willing to work. Good. That's the spirit. Ah, good morning, my darling. Good morning, Mr. Bailey. This is Margaret Lynn, Mrs. Bailey. She wants to be our new maid. Oh, does Margaret really need the position? She tells me she's all alone in the world, Mrs. Bailey. Poor dear. But if she stays with us, she won't be well shaken. Thank you, ma'am. We have to be very careful, Margaret. You see, a maid with us isn't merely a servant. She, well, she she becomes a member of the family. Yes, ma'am. We want her to be one of us, Margaret. Do you think she'd like to? Very much, ma'am. Then, Mr. Bailey, I would very much like to have Margaret be our companion. Splendid. Splendid. Margaret? You're employed. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, Mrs. Bailey will show you your room now. Oh, a moment, Margaret. Uh, will you sign this, please? What is it, sir? Just some red tape for the government. A pen, Margaret. Yes, but it says something about insurance. Unemployment insurance, that's what it is. Isn't father reading the thing full of red tape? Just sign. Yes, sir. There we are. Now you're really our maid. Nothing to worry about anymore. Splendid dinner, my dear. I think our new maid will work out, don't you? Mr. Bailey, I'm worried. About? Going to find out about the late Mr. Wilkins. Eventually. I would prefer not to be in town at the time. Connection might be traced. The possibility. I had no choice. I rather think we have no time, Mr. Bailey. I've always deferred to your judgment. The policy's been entered for the girl. Oh, yes. Then perhaps she'd better contract her pneumonia tonight. Will that be all for tonight, Mrs. Bailey? And that will be all the work you need do, Margaret, with... We'd be pleased to have you join us for a while. Thank you, ma'am. Perhaps in a glass of brandy, Mr. Bailey. At once, my oh, dear. Oh, I, I never drink. Oh, nor do I, my dear. But a sip of fine brandy, that isn't really drinking. Here we are. Mrs. Bailey. Thank you. Margaret. I come now, no harm in brandy, no harm at all. Thank you, sir. Let us drink. To a very happy future for all of us. Ah, a charming toast. Margaret. Oh, 
drinks your brandy, girl. But I... You're being very impolite, Margaret. I'll drink it. <laughs> That's a good girl. Not so bad after all, was it? No, sir. And now we sit here in the twilight and dream of things to come. The long twilight in the darkness that follows after. What a soothing sound, the sound of running water. My dear, I'm rather tired. Shall we go to bed? Very well. The door. I'd better answer it. Uh, that sound, uh, perhaps, Mrs. Bailey, you might oblige us with a little Chopin until our visitor leaves. Of course. Yes? Mr. Bailey? Quite right. I've come to call on Margaret Flynn, your maid. Oh, she doesn't receive callers at this hour, sir. Uh, but Good it's very me. important that I see her. The morning will do as well. Besides, the girl's ill. Oh? Cold, I think. But I hope in the morning. So do I. Good night, sir. Night. Oh, the shadow, I think it may be a good night. For the Baileys, it will be a very bad one. Margot! 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 Good morning. Come on, let me here. Let me help you, darling. Come here. Mark, they gave me brandy and I lost consciousness and they put me in there and I... Cold, my clothes are so wet. They've gone to bed. I slipped in the back way. Oh. Hop into your bedroom, change into dry things, but keep the wet clothes. I don't understand. We've no proof, Margot, yet. All we could say now is that I found you in the shower with your clothes on. The district attorney would conclude you were mad or drunk. The jury would believe the same. Yes, that's right. In the morning, Margot, the Baileys may have a surprise. Shadow may fall on them. <laughs> Well, Mrs. Bailey, how is the girl? How is she this morning? Just a moment. Something's the matter. What? Girl isn't sick. Oh. I had a feeling. Bah. Not at all, Mr. Bailey. What was that? I said nothing. You did. Oh, no, Mr. Bailey. It was I. Uh, I'm going mad. No, Mr. Bailey, you're not. Because I hear him, too. Good for you, Mrs. Bailey. Who are you? The Shadow. <laughs> must be some joke. You're made of sterner stuff than your husband, Mrs. Bailey. Too bad he's not as strong as you. I don't know what... Murders are best performed alone, Mrs. Bailey. A weak accomplice often becomes a betrayer. Get out of here. Look, Mrs. Bailey. Look at him. Get threatened. out of here. See the hysteria in his eyes. Get out. The frantic way he looks about this room in search of a Get shadow. Of Can you be quite sure that your life is safe in his hands? Shut up! Be still, you. I'll be still. But will he, Mrs. 
Bailey, unless... Yes? Unless he joins your maid. Joins the maid? He wouldn't... No? Look at her, Mr. Bailey. Skeet. Mrs. Bailey? He's lying. Do you think I'm lying, Mr. Bailey? You who know your wife so well, your murderous wife whose dear sweet little head hatched the plan of murder you've been following? She, she, she was the one who... Of course she was. There's only one hope for you, Mr. Bailey. What's that? I'd listen to him. One hope. Confession. Confess that the police and Mrs. Bailey would care very little about your death. She'd be contemplating her own. I'd listen to him, you fool. And with confession, Mr. Bailey, you could plead that you were only a tool in her hand, that you were not fully responsible. Mr. Bailey, don't listen life to her. Life is sweet, I... Mr. Bailey. Even in a cell, life is sweeter than dancing on empty air with a noose around your neck. I'll, I'll write that confession. No, I'll write it. It is a trap. Better than a death trap sprung by the state executioner. Better than to die gasping out your life with pneumonia. I'll write. Mr. Bailey, don't let me go. I won't let you write. Let go of me. I tell you, let me go. You struck your loving wife, Mr. Bailey. I'm afraid you're not a very kind and considerate husband after all. <laughs> now there's paper. There's ink. I will. Write, Mr. Yes, Bailey. I will. Yes, Names, I will. places, dates. Write, Mr. Yes. Bailey. Write. You better let me sit next to the window, Margot. You've had enough chills for one day. Didn't do too badly for an unemployed maid, darling. I came up with nothing worse than a few sniffles. You're very lucky that's the worst, Margot, after seeing the loving Bailey's in action. He made his wife add her confession to his after the police arrived. Yes. There's enough evidence now to convict a half a dozen Baileys. Well, I'm just glad there isn't more. Isn't more evidence? More Baileys. A couple is exactly two more than this world needs. Now let me present Blue Coal's distinguished heating authority, John Bartlett. Thank you, Andre Baruch, and good evening, friends. As Andre told you, you can heat your home with dependable anthracite coal with ease and comfort by installing a Blue Coal Tempmaster automatic heat regulator on your present furnace. A number of people have asked me if a furnace is fired differently when dampers are controlled by a Tempmaster. The answer is no. You fire your furnace in the same way. Except that you pay much less attention to it. In the morning, shake the grates gently and add a liberal supply of coal. And do the same at night. There's no doubt about it, anthracite coal is the most dependable fuel for home heating. And when burned by modern methods, is just about as convenient as any other. Yes, the temp master assures you of modern, carefree heating comfort. I thank you. This story is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. The Shadow is presented by the T.L.N.W. Coal Company, distributors of Blue Coal. Lamont Cranston is played by Brett Morrison. Margot by Grace Matthews. Your announcer is Andre Baruch. Remember, it's Blue Coal for finest heating service. It's Blue Coal for finest modern equipment. It's Blue Coal for the best home heat money can buy. Mm-hmm.